I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Hey, welcome to Shameless Sex Podcast. This episode, let's just talk about the title of the the topic right away cuckolding fuego topic fuego. fuego and a little bit of hot wiping and some people might be like what the fuck are you talking about um you will find out but uh it's actually a hot topic there's actually a lot of people that are into this and we we did an episode where we talked about this a little bit and maybe we uh, didn't have all the information or accurate information and we got a number of emails from awesome listeners that gave us more up-to-date information and also a reference for this wonderful speaker so this is super exciting and fun and playful and interesting i mean you'll discover what cuckolding is it's a relationship dynamic where essentially the vulva owner gets to go and have sex with whoever she wants and her penis owning individual is into it and supports that and they're the penis owner's monogamous so uh, stay tuned Ooh. to learn more about that Have your mind it did blown. take me a minute to wrap my head around it though the concept and the same with hot wifing i still am attempting to grasp in my maybe it's my tiny my teeny tiny uh receptive brain for certain things sometimes it's, it takes me longer to digest so i'm like oh i i get it but i have to listen to the episode again once it airs yeah. which we in a few days from when we're recording this, but if uh, you had, you met the most amazing man ever and not ever, but just, you met an amazing <laughs> man. And you're like, wow, I'm super into him. He's like, by the you way, mean I'm, like legend. Yeah. Like legend. But he's like, by the way, I'm into cuckolding. I want you, I get really turned on by you having sex and being into other people and sharing your stories about it. And I just want to be committed to you. Would you be like, fuck yes or no? Or, uh, let me think about that. I would say I need to think about it. What about hot wiping? So you're in a, with an amazing partner. It's super aligned. It feels really good. And they're like, I want to watch you be intimate with other people. I want to watch you be desired. I want you to flirt with other people. And I get to watch that and be like, that's my girl. And I want you to come back to me and share about how wonderful it was. And um, would that be in, would interesting to you? More interesting. Okay, more interesting. So <laughs> less of the... And I, the thing I didn't add was the, I guess, the, the and, humiliation aspect that's often in cuckolding, but not always um, in a negative way. And Typically, this is gendered, right? So cuckolding is, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, is it typically the penis-owning human in the relationship that wants to watch the vulva owner? Generally. And then like. hot wifing is the opposite of that? like the, Or is it it can go all directions? Well, I think she describes it. Is that a hawk attacking? Uh, that's a hawk attacking a seagull outside. It's wild <laughs> out there. <laughs> National Geographic here in Santa Cruz. Um, I th- would think she describes it as, again, there is this added um, power dynamic or maybe humiliation thing and cuckolding. And then, and then and we'll get into this. If we're messing this up right now, everyone just listen and she corrects this. And then hot wifing, it is actually more the penis owner that's calling the shots, right? It's more like 
you know, I, I get off to seeing you wanted and desired and they're, they're, I guess, more orchestrating it, but they have more power. They're not in the humiliation aspect. Again, this is why I think I have, I I need to listen again because I was taking pieces away and processing in my brain and active listening. And then I was like, okay, I need to remember that. So it's, it's not that difficult to, to, to conceptualize, yeah. right? It's just, I need to listen to the episode again, which is exactly why we record these things. Yeah. So they can be to, uh, evergreen tools for everyone out there that's interested. And I guess as I feel into it, the humiliation thing really isn't my personal jam because I, I can't imagine I'm like overly wanting nice. to humiliate people. <laughs> but more, Get over there right now. Yeah. Just kidding. Are you okay? Yeah. Wait, oh, I'm, oh, you don't feel good. Okay. I'll never do okay, that again. I'm yeah. sorry. Let me hold you. Let me stroke your hair. You're so wonderful. Okay. I promise. I love you. You're so, a terrible humiliatrix. It's all about you. Amy. I, no, I'm definitely not a humiliatrix. That's for sure. I okay. could do it. Yeah, you could. You we bitch. have a friend that'd be really good at it too. Oh my God. She's designed you bitch. for that. You <laughs> bitch. <laughs> that hurt my feelings. Oh, I'll hug you now. I'm sorry. I'll never say that again. You're the best. You <laughs> I'm just practicing. Yeah, that's you, great. you, you. I don't. Know, I can't do it. <laughs> you already froze. You, wanna, right. you know what else takes some good practice? What? Stroking the vulva. Ooh. Internally or externally? Ooh. And how do we get to get better at that? Omg, yes. Not better. How do we learn more about that? Omgs.com/slash/shameless. Actually, you can get better with it too. It's true. Now we've been with them and and access to their all of their portals for what almost three years now. Yeah, a huge and fans, huge fans. It's a, a tool that I know I use on the reg when I want to escape some of only going to my toys all yeah. the time. I'm like, what other techniques are there out are out there that people are using to orgasm or to get to know their vulvas better? Or what can my partner do to learn about my vulva and techniques better um, or different. Yeah, it's brilliant. So it's uh, an online database. You buy either season one or season two or both. Season one is about external stimulation and pleasure. So techniques that you maybe have never thought of or seen. Season two is about internal stimulation and pleasure. It's completely research-based based on thousands of vulva owners and how they like to have their orgasms or just pleasure uh, and is very tasteful. And so it's all these videos and informational um, pieces on how you can try these things out. It's changed people's lives. And the money goes to more research exactly to more pleasure research and there's not a lot of organizations out there y'all that are researching pleasure there's more and more but omgs is phenomenal so we love supporting what they do so go check it out it's changed the lives of us my clients our listeners omgs.com slash shameless you get five dollars off and then once you buy the season you own it forever forever. you keep watching it over and over again and and who knows maybe i think they're in the running they will have one for anal they have one for penis owners for toys toys now the toys is coming next so stay tuned y'all so exciting um okay so a sex question i am i'm almost 40 and have been married for nine years three years ago my partner realized that he's trans and has transition so f to m so born um the doctor said you are a female and now identifies as a man sex between us has gotten to be very sporadic i am having a really hard time finding my husband sexy he is a man now these past few years, I've been going to therapy and working on a lot of trauma from childhood. For a moment, I thought it was bisexual, but I've never really wanted to pursue, to pursue a relationship with a man. I've had an occasional fantasy, but that's about it. I've also had a lot of issues surrounding sex. I've had erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, and delayed ejaculation. So that has also made me adverse to having sex. And my husband wants more sex, but I don't find him attractive. And I don't think I will be able to. I've also started seeing my sex therapist or a sex therapist, but I'm pretty sure that my relationship will end. Is there any advice that you can give? 
My husband says that it shouldn't matter what he is now, that I shouldn't have an issue having sex with him. Hmm. It's a very, very tricky question. It is. It's heavily loaded with a lot of, uh, there's a lot of of history. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of transitional aspects to digest. And I'll say, so I, I want to... Well, speak on something that I didn't experience, but someone very close to me in my life that uh, I've known for a few years now uh, was not a similar situation because she was uh, and is married to someone that transitioned. She was a high school sweetheart. She Mm -hmm. married her best friend, her love of her life, her person, right? And he decided uh, not too long ago, actually, before COVID, that he wanted to transition to become uh, a different... um, a human that would be considered a female, right? Mm-hmm. So transitioning from M to F and, um, did the transition and, you know, they have children and then, um, COVID happened and, and she, my friend wanted to try to stay in the relationship because she loved this person that she had known for so long. And it became more and more challenging because the person that, um, you know, that she that married, she married, uh, now wasn't the person that, um, she fell in love with as much, even though it was just a gender transition, she felt that it was, it just was so different and hard and they're still trying to figure it out. And, uh, and it's leaning towards that they won't mm-hmm. because they're going to walk away peacefully and lovingly and still co-parent. And then the, their children will have two moms Mm. and that's also a whole different dynamic. Their children are very young. And she just told me that, you know, the sex had changed and it was difficult for the same kind of thing that this humans, uh, in, and I think they've been together for 20 years. And, uh, so I am um, compassionate to your situation and empathetic to what you're going through because it's hard. I, I tend to very, like, I tend to say I'm pansexual. Uh, still, it depends on the human mm-hmm. and if the person that you fell in love with changes and it's not the person you thought, m- maybe or maybe not, you will feel the same way about them after they do this transition. doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's bad. That is, that's not a- at all what I'm saying. Yeah. I just think that um, if you keep trying everything and you're having a lot of um, therapy within it and you're going to a sex therapist and it's still not shifting, it might be time to uh to change the relationship. Yes. You're transitioning the relationship title dynamic. And there are things that we can learn and things that we can shape and shift. And some things I don't think we can, or too much work to do, or, I mean, just like the argument for someone who's straight and wishes that they weren't straight and wanted to um, be into all genders might, have a hard time opening up to that just like someone who is queer and, and you know society says queer is bad and we certainly do not agree with that but then you know that we've heard that they've gone to what are the things where like the, the, the religious christian things where they're trying to, to convert them I'll pray the gay away they pray the gay away and that doesn't work and so we it was don't. like the gay boot camps yes. where people had feelings for the same sex they yeah. would be in the, the it was they like send a, them away there's movies about it yeah and so there's just we don't always have a choice in who we are attracted to and who we are interested in. And there's certain things that we can learn and just, just what I want to say is agree with April. There's nothing wrong with you. If you're, you're not a bad person. I know your husband's saying it shouldn't matter what he is now. And I think that is important what he's saying, because uh, there's an opportunity for you to lovingly let him know that you love and accept him, that this doesn't mean that you don't love him. And, uh, it also is okay for you to not have sexual attraction if you don't have that. You can only only honor what's true for you. Obviously, you're doing a lot of work. You have a therapist and now a sex therapist. 
so you're, it's not like you're just, you know, sticking your head in the mud and ignoring what's going on. You are doing the work. And if you still are finding that the attraction isn't there, you know, what do you do? What do you do with that? And this also the, happens in plenty of relationships when it isn't about gender. And, and, and it's not like you just have to leave the relationship you could see and talk to your partner and see if they'd be willing to open it up or... Uh, it would be non-sexual life partners. Non-sexual, or, which is very yeah. common, especially in law. But it, it depends on what both people agree to. Yeah. And working together to come to a solution that feels good to both of you. Yeah. And uh, one thing I would say, if you're working with a sex therapist or a therapist, also to uh, work with someone who actually specializes in this, whether someone who's worked with trans folks or partners of trans folks or ideally both um, would be uh, something that would be helpful. It's like for myself as someone who works with clients, I don't have a lot of that experience. So I probably would say you to someone else so just um, not saying fire your sex therapist but make sure that they understand the dynamic of what you're working with um, and then some references I have not personally checked out these books I just looked them up there are books on being the partner of a trans uh, individual and, and what that experience can be like and also for support um, so some references the trans partner handbook and also the reflective workbook for partners of transgender people your transition as your partner transitions mm. because it is that too right your partner's transitioning and your life is transitioning along with them. It's not just a one-sided thing as well. Hopefully that's helpful. And just, um, I don't, I don't know. I didn't read that. You're like, I'm a bad person or anything, but I wonder if it's in, in, in this writing, you, you said he about your partner, you said husband. So clearly you have adopted this new, um, this person as they are. This is the true, this is mm -hmm. how your partner truly is. Um, and that's wonderful. And, uh, I hope that you're also being gentle with yourself and taking care of yourself because this is, this is your transition as well. It's a hard one. Yeah. And I appreciate that you wrote us and, yeah. and asked for advice. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Good advice, Amy. Good advice. Chip. All right. You ready for Venus's bio? I am. I love Venus. Yeah. She's great. And, uh, uh, all right. From the moment Venus learned about cuckolding relationships six years ago, she knew it fit exactly who she was, and she dove right in. Venus began writing about her stories and experiences of dating, cuckolding, and becoming a queen of spades on venuscuckoldrist.com. And now she loves having the opportunity to lend her voice to show people the real, loving, and beautiful complexities of a cuckolding relationship dynamic on her Venus Cuckoldrist podcast. To learn more, check out her podcast or visit venuscuckoldress.com. I'm going to spell it out. V-E-N-U-S-C-U-C-K-O-L-D-R-E-S-S.com. And now it's interview time. But first... I don't know about you, but as a vulva-owning individual, I feel like I need to be extra attentive to my surroundings. And having something that may give me some added safety, such as the She's Birdie keychain alarm, has given me some peace of mind. Birdie is a compact, lightweight, personal safety device designed to be easy to carry and simple to use. When you activate your Birdie with a quick pull, the alarm will emit a loud 130 decibel siren and flashing strobe light to help deter an attack. And unlike pepper spray or other deterrents, Birdie is no danger to you. Birdie also makes a great and affordable gift. I gave a number of the women in my life a Birdie, and they love it. And right now, She's Birdie is offering our listeners 15% off your first purchase when you go to she'sbirdie.com slash shameless. Go to She's Birdie, spelled S-H-E-S-B-I-R-D-I-E dot com slash shameless for 15% off your first purchase. That's she'sbirdie.com slash shameless. Join the flock, y'all. And now it's showtime. 
All right, everyone, it is interview time. So this interview, this guest, was brought to us by one of you lovely listeners. If you're listening, we love you. Thank you. Actually, we love all of our listeners. And we get a lot of not only feedback, but direction from our listeners. Some of it constructive, some not so constructive. And we listen to all of it. And some of it we actually put in action, such as this. Uh, so we have Venus the Cuckoldress here. Because when we did an episode and, to, and we were commenting on cuckolding, and uh, hot wifing, we were off on some of the information. We had a, l- a number of lovely listeners that sent us their feedback saying, this is actually what this experience is, or I identify with this, and here's what's really going on. And then we were like, well, we need to have a whole episode on this. So hence why we have Venus, the cuckoldress, who has a whole podcast and is deep in this world to share her lovely knowledge. And welcome, Venus, to our show. Welcome to Shameless Sex. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here today. I'm so excited to have this opportunity to talk about something I love so much. Thank you. We're excited to learn with you. And we were already talking right before this. And so just know that April and I are going to fuck up the terms because (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of grammar involved in cuckolding. So I love grammar and I love listening and learning. And we'll probably share a little info on hot wifing too, because um, I think when we talked about it before, it was thrown in the same category and uh, there's differences here. So let's start with the same question, though, that we always ask all of our guests. So how did you get to where you are in the field of sexuality? Mm, such a great question. So when I was 29, I was vanilla as fuck. And I was, I had no idea there was anything other than monogamy out there. And I started reading Dan Savage's column, Savage Love. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but I love him. Yeah. And so I, my mind was blown and that just flipped the switch for me in order to be able to pique my curiosity and learn and be like, oh my God, there's there's something else out there. There's not just this one way of doing things. And so from that point onwards for the next 10 years, I was, you know, exploring non-monogamy and everything like that, but I still didn't really find what I was looking for until um, a bit later on. I did actually didn't even know it existed. So that's why I'm so uh, outspoken as far as this kind of relationship goes, because I I had no idea it even existed. (laughs) Well, you are the cuckoldress, we'll we'll call you, or self-proclaimed, or maybe you are the the world-renowned cuckoldress. So (laughs) I want to cut right to the cuckolding chase (laughs) and ask you about what is cuckolding and who's into it and why do they like it? So a multi-tiered question for you here. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So the basics of cuckolding is that it's a one-sided open relationship. So um, she is given the gift of sexual non-monogamy by her boyfriend or husband. And in return, she gives him the gift of being involved in some way. It can be watching, listening about it, or, you know, finding out about it at home or getting pictures or videos or whatever, just including him in some way. And so that's what cuckolding is in a nutshell. So it's a gift that you give each other. It's a one-sided open relationship. Um, Who's into it? A lot of fucking people are into it. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. There has been some, some research done recently that suggested more than 50% of men uh, fantasize about cuckolding scenarios and about 30% of women. So that's a lot of people thinking about cuckolding. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And and so what would the what would a cuck also someone who's in, interested cuz there's a humiliation aspect here or is it control maybe you can elaborate on that. So the person that wants to be cuckolded uh, who's saying, "Hey, nice nice lady of mine." Yeah, I the want the why, the yeah. why, right? Yeah. Yeah, the why cuz there's cons- and there's consent here too. It's not a non-consensual thing and yet there is maybe is maybe elaborate as a humiliation power play and like what are they getting out of it? Yeah. So this is the thing is, um, it seems so one-sided it, uh, because a lot of people, they're like, well, this doesn't make sense. Why does she get all of this fun, sexy stuff? And he doesn't like, this makes no sense to me. And so there's actually a lot in it for both people involved because they love it that way. Like he doesn't want to be with other women. He just wants her to be with lots of other guys and or one guy or whatever. And so they both love it that way. They both get a lot out of it because a lot of people think that it's just about the sex, but it really isn't like what is cuckolding is not just like a script in a porn video that you see. A lot of people do think that's what it is. You just, you know, a guy watching his wife, but there's so much that goes on within that scenario that is mind blowing because you already love each other so much. You trust each other so much you have this deep bond and connection that you would have with someone who you have a loving committed relationship with but having these kind of sexual experiences where it's so emotional both for the cuck the guy because you know he's got these like soup of emotions going on and I call it cuck angst where he's just feeling like turned on but also anxious and a little bit nervous and a little bit jealous and a, but just like it's crazy sexy and it's just all of these huge emotions that he's got going on and and she is in turn feeding off of that like it's for me anyway like the more turned on he gets the more I'm just like oh I fucking love this <laughs> you know and so there's so much going on there the people think it is really kind of unfair or one-sided but it's actually um, enormously loving kind of beneficial relationship is it gender specific so is it typically the penis owner is the the cuck holder the cuck the cuck, oh, the cuck mm-hmm. and then the whole dress is the vulva owner is it gendered like this usually or, uh, okay because yeah, i could, would say like nine ninety of the time mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that um but there is the reverse and it's called a cuck queen so instead of a cuckold it's called a cuck queen and it's spelled q-u-e-a-n mm. and so that's where it's the girlfriend or wife who's like having these kind of angsty um, emotions. She's sexually faithful to him and he's not to her. And he kind of like, you know, rubs her face in it a little bit. Um, (laughs) so if that's, I mean, it does exist. It's not very common. I haven't come across it. I think maybe only once in six years. So, um, but it does exist. I would imagine, so I, th- I think people who are listening who are finding this really hot and also maybe a little confused at the same time, awesome, good for you, feel into that, just take your time and feel into that. And for the people like, I don't get it, this doesn't make any sense to me, um, because the anxiety part and the, and I'm sure, you know, there is, I mean, jealousy comes up, whether it's polyamory or monogamy or all the things, it's in all, it's all the pieces here. And 
what we discover around those emotions, it's what we do with it and how we handle it and how it works with our body. And, and we're different. A lot of it is about our life experiences, um, our, you know, parenting wounds and attachment wounds and et cetera. And, you know, fetish and kink and all these things, they often can come from experiences in the past. And, um, and so instead of uh, the, the question of, you know, why would anyone be into that? It's more this understand that we are all just so, so different. And the way our, uh, eroticism and desire and arousal works was so fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. It's just so, especially as someone who works with people and gets to see the inside of different people's minds and what gets them going and what turns them on. And it's the beauty of it is how dynamic it is. And I know some people like, humili- you know, humiliation would feel terrible to me. And that's okay if it would for you, because that's you, right? There's nothing wrong with it. And for the person who's like, uh, something about me when I feel this power play humiliation thing where someone else is owning me and telling me that like, they're just going to go fuck the neighbor and I can't do anything about it. And by the way, here's some sexy pictures and you have to watch. Ha ha ha. My <laughs> cock gets hard. It is, is like more common than what people think. And yeah. And you're, so here's like, this isn't in our list here. So you have, do you have a partner? I'm going to kind of dive in your personal life a little bit. Like, is this something that you, you live out regularly or you just dive into here and there? Yeah. So I, um, I I met this guy online and he was my first cuck boyfriend. He's the one who introduced me to it. And from that point on, I was just like completely hooked. That was a long distance relationship that was a bit difficult to manage long-term. So um, that ended. And then I ended up finding someone um, who I, who was really, really, really wonderful. And we were, you know, in the midst of, of planning our life together. And unfortunately he got sick. He passed away. I took a break from all of this for a very long time. And then I was kind of like, okay, what am I going to do? You know, it, I just can't see myself going back to a different kind of relationship ever. I really need this to feel fulfilled in my life. So um, I've been single for a while now, happily single and focusing on sharing my love for this lifestyle. I hope that maybe one day I'll find that again. I mean, it's fucking hard as it is to find love, but yeah, especially during right. COVID. Right? Like, everything's just not lining up right now, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I hope that one day I will be able to. Mm. So we, uh, you know, this, this episode was brought to you by a lack of our knowledge on <laughs> cuckolding and hot wifing. And I know that you know way more than us about this topic as well. So we would love to discuss how is cuckolding different than hot wifing? And if you can teach us more and the listeners more about hot wifing than we know already, which isn't very much. So anything you teach us is great. <laughs> uh, that would be really helpful. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, uh, to be quite honest, still, I don't feel like I fully grasped it because it's a fairly new kind of offset of cuckolding, this hot wifing. I'm, and because I'm not, you know, I, I identify with, and I love the cuckolding aspect of it because I do love the teasing, the, um, I do love that it's all about her and stuff like that. So, um, that's what I gravitate to, but I'm still kind of like trying to wrap my head entirely around this hot wifing thing, but I will tell you the easy difference, um, is that you've got cuckolding where she's fucking other guys and he's not, you've got hot wifing, she's fucking other guys and he's not, but there is a real difference there in that, like, there's not much humiliation or teasing. And I hate that word humiliation. It's more like loving humiliation. It's like, I'm going to tease it. I'm going to fucking rub your face in it kind of thing. Cause it's fun. And, um, there's not much of that at all in hot wifing. So there is that usually that's involved at least 
you know, could be really subtle, even in a cuckolding relationship. But then there's this aspect of sexual denial. Um, so I, in my opinion, no matter which kind of relationship it is, I feel like the whole thing about um, cuckolding or hot wifing is that she's fucking someone else when society is taboo, right? Mm-hmm. Society says she's not supposed to do that. She's supposed to be with you. And so there is some form of actual denial there and that like, she, you're not getting it. Someone else is. <laughs> and so, but that it can be really pronounced within cuckolding. So it could be a denial of like, well, you're not going to get have any sex from me until I'm finished with my lover, whatever. Ooh. And then, or like, whatever. And then, um, but in, in hot wifing, that doesn't seem to be an aspect. Now it doesn't mean that you don't have sex with each other at all in a cuckolding relationship. A lot of people think that, that there's some severe, like sexual denial always in cuckolding is not the case. Um, but in hot wifing, that's like, you guys still have a very regular, robust sex life. In fact, he might actually, the husband or boyfriend might actually join in at some point with you and your other guy. And, um, and that would be like normal, but also to differentiate the two cuckolding is all about her. She's the one who is in the driver's seat. She's going to want to make these decisions it is he's putting her on a pedestal saying this this is entirely about you and whereas with hot wifing it's more about him Mm. it's more about what the uh, husband or wife or or, sorry husband or boyfriend wants and he's the one who kind of sets things up makes these decisions kind of choreographs things and stuff like that that's usually what those two things look like. And that's how they're a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that on, like, there's a negative stigma behind that word cuck or cuckold, that it's used as an insult um, often online. And there's this idea that to be a cuck or a cuckold, you're like some kind of weak loser, pathetic or whatever, less of a man. And that's total bullshit. But because there is that um, stigma around that word, I think a lot of guys have not wanted to identify with that. So therefore, there there came this kind of like hot wifing upset mm. where they were like, "No, I'm not weak. I'm not beta. I'm like I'm 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 still a a man's man, a masculine, whatever. So it's going to be more hot wifing." And I get that. I totally get that. You also get these um, labels of uh, stag and vixen happening within mm. hot wifing. You'll hear those terms as well. Same thing. I think in, I think it's just um, a way of deviating from that cuck label. It's important to note too. It's something that came up that it, I think people are really obsessed with labels. And for the most part, it sounds like both of these terms and uh, experiences are primarily with folks that are monogamous, but you could be in an open relationship, you could be single and, and into cuckolding or hot wifing or, or polyamorous, or is this primarily... That, it doesn't sound like monogamy to me. It, I mean, it sounds like a, its own a different version. you could have like a primary partner. I, but that's that would what be, still be non-monogamy though. So there, there is, it's some form of non-monogamy. But it's because my understanding of hot wifing is it doesn't necessarily mean that the, the wife or the girlfriend is even touching other people too. That you can have hot wifing and it could just be flirtation. It could be, you know, her going out and looking all sexy and having uh-huh. all these guys being like, and you're like, yeah, that. And there's, so my understanding, this is, and this is my learning from our listeners, actually. 
um, who were like, I'm a hot wifer. I'm not, I'm not into cuckolding because I don't like the humiliation aspect. That wouldn't feel good to me. But what's really hot to me is to see my wife, girlfriend desired. And it's not always even her being touched, but going out there. And, and so I think that there's a lot more of that idea of compersion, that feeling pleasure from your partner receiving mm-hmm. pleasure um, in hot wiping. And, and I think it's also obviously in cuckolding too. Yeah. Um, and then there's this added part in cuckolding that is, has, seems to have, they both have power though. If you're saying that in hot wiping that more so the, the stag, the, the penis owner is the one. And I don't know if it necessarily them calling the shots. Maybe they're setting more of the boundaries, I guess they're probably yeah. more like, here's my boundaries, not my boundary. Whereas in cuckolding, she's like, Fuck your boundaries. And maybe, and maybe she's not, love, not saying it that way. Maybe she's lovingly like, you know what? This is, and, he, and he's saying, my boundaries don't even matter. It's all about you, whatever you want. And um, so there's that, that difference there that I think, uh, depending on what you're into, can, can be, be beautiful. And I think we, again, we're talking about categories. We get in these boxes about monogamy, non-monogamy. Totally. And I think, um, you know, every, it just sounds like there's in the non-monogamy box, air quotes, is so dynamic. There's so many things that can go in there, but it's, again, it might not even involve touch. I guess that's another question for you. Do, do you know people who do cuckolding and sex and touch isn't even really a part of it? Like, is it can be an, just an energetic thing? Well, yeah. I mean, that's a huge part of the relationship. I mean, I think there's this misunderstanding about um, cuckolding is just a guy watching his girlfriend or wife fuck somebody else. And I think that's because that's the typical porn script that you see. If you do any porn for search for cuckolding that's exactly what it is going to be it's going to be this guy and he's sitting there and he's watching his girlfriend and so that's what people just automatically assume that's what it is when it's so much more than that it's oh my god the fun parts are the flirting with somebody else the Mm -hmm. sending a screenshot of some text messages and like all of those little things or picking out something to wear like it's just or just going to a bar and you know your boyfriend or husband is sitting far away pretending not to be with you and watching you flirt with other guys like Mm -hmm. that is like the biggest mind fuck for these guys and they love it it's so hot I mean yeah why wouldn't you love that <laughs> but yeah that with cuckolding couples hot or hot wife and couples the guy he really will go on and on and on about how sexy and wonderful and beautiful and incredible his girlfriend or wife is he really is like she's everything to him and you'll find that like just huge level of adoration in this kind of relationship Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberlube. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberlube, and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uber Lube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by Dipsy 
If you're like me, sometimes it's challenging to get into the mood and into your erotic body. That's why I, along with many of my clients, are huge fans of Dipsy. Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on anywhere, anytime. Find stories about off-limits hookups with your professor or a costume party that takes things to the next level. Or maybe even a story where your partner tells you exactly what to do. Or maybe you try a new sex toy together. They release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore, no matter who you're into or what turns you on. Plus, Dipsy also has wellness sessions to help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. And for our listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash shameless. That's 30 days totally free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash shameless. Dipsystories.com slash shameless. All right, back to the show. I love that. Uh, well, what is so okay? Let's say I'm here. I want to approach the. I always like to use myself because I'm the only one right now on uh, the microphone. And for some folks out there, they might be into this idea of being cucked or cuckolded, right? So, advice for folks like me, let's say, who wants to. Uh, get involved in cuckolding, how can they approach this, whether they're partnered or if they're unpartnered, what are some tips from you, the expert? Yeah, I would say um, historically, traditionally, most uh, times the the way that this is brought up in a relationship is um, the husband, it brings it up to his wife. They've been together for a long time. He's like, finally has the guts to bring it up. And he's like, oh, this actually really turns me on. <laughs> and so there's this conversation that goes on between them. That's usually how it has worked um, in the past. Now I have noticed a lot more younger people um, new relationships, singles who are who are interested in this outside of that kind of committed long term relationship, and um, and that's unique in its own. Um, we, I, I spoke a little bit about the strength of a cuckold, like, and you you were talking about how you know you have to be able to process those emotions in a in a healthy. A way beneficial way within a relationship that's that can be really difficult and for a guy to falter and you know thing jealousy to take over and it just fucking snowballs and all of a sudden you've got all sorts of problems in your relationship it's a lot easier to work through that as a couple when you've been together for a long time but when you are um a new couple then that that can be pretty devastating to your relationship so the advice i would give to people people, if you're new, a new couple, younger couple, um, is to just go really slow <laughs> because you're probably, he's, there's, you're going to make, you're going to wobble a little bit and probably fall down once or twice. And you just want to be able to sort of like catch that right in the beginning and talk about it and, you know, maybe slow things down or take a break for a bit or whatever. Um, for me, it wasn't that case. I jumped right in. I was just like, I'm head first. Woo-hoo! <laughs> But you were, yes, right. So you, someone else brought it up to you, hey, I'm into this thing. And you were like, oh, that sounds awesome. I get to go and be intimate and get attention from all these other people. And you're going to love that. And then we can still be connected. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, really? This sounds like the 
best thing in the whole world. <laughs> is this a fairy tale right now? Okay. <laughs> so okay, what about someone who wants to be the cuckoldress? So someone who is in a relationship and they want to start up this conversation. They're having this desire. I feel like this almost, I mean, they both might come with levels of shame and fear, of course, because as is a lot of conversations around sex, but this one is like, Hey, are you down for me to be in control and go, go do all of these things? And for you to just support that might be a little more of a challenging role. So what is your advice to those folks? It's so uncommon for a woman to bring it up to the guy, which I don't understand. Cause like, I'm like out there saying, you know what, ladies, this is great. <laughs> Go for it. Um, but it's still very uncommon for women to be the one who initiates this conversation. Um, I think I've only ever come across it like once mm-hmm. uh, where it, the conversation came from her and it, it was well-received. So I will say that talking from uh, like talking to single guys um, out there, about this kind of relationship, maybe on like vanilla dating site or whatever, and they don't understand it. They don't really know what it is. Um, I I find it helpful to focus more so on the actual relationship, the benefits to the relationship rather than the sexy, sexy parts, Mm -hmm. because they can sort of like get blinders on with the sexy, sexy part and then not focus on a relationship whatsoever because they're like, oh, this sounds hot and then forget about everything else. So I would definitely give advice for for guys, um, any single guys out there who want looking for a cuckoldress or looking for a woman who wants this kind of relationship. And there's a lot of guys out there looking for it. I would say uh, focus on the relationship part. Find somebody who you can be compatible with in all areas, not just this sexual fantasy. Well, so I was going to say, so because that, that brings up, it's just a tricky thing a little bit in like the dating world, right? For single folks who are dating, because here's the thing. So we're focused on their relationship, but you, I guess that there's a difference between this is a huge part of me and I can't let this go. Like cuckolding is a, is part of my sexual identity. And then there's the, like, I like this thing, but it's not a deal breaker. And so I would say if you're the former, at some point in the initial, maybe not date one, hey, by the way, but maybe date two, three, four, when you start to see that there is connection there, then um, to, to put that out there to see if there is alignment. But if it is the latter, if it's something that is something that, like, that I would enjoy, and if this isn't available, the relationship is more important to me. Um, then maybe not not so much because I guess I bring this up because I have worked with clients. I've worked with clients who are into cuckolding. I've worked with clients with a lot of shame around it who've never told their partners before. It's just something that they watch cuckolding porn, turns them on, but they don't share with anyone but their sex and relationship coach. I've worked with clients with various fetishes and kinks and things, and they there's this confusion about when it's appropriate air quotes again to share this information with someone yet they're still trying to find a compatible partner. So I guess I'm answering my own question, but maybe what are your thoughts about that? You know, again, if something is, is a deal breaker, it should, in my opinion, should be shared fairly soon, probably not the first date, but I don't know if you're on, like if you're on online dating apps, not maybe not Tinder and Bumble, those are more, more of the, the nor- mainstream ones. I was say normie mainstream, but if you're on things like hashtag open or field or these other ones that are more alternative sexuality, you could put that in your dating app. People are ready to read that and then it will align you with like-minded people. So I guess two part question, what do you think about all that? And do you have any recommendations for people who want to get into this? How do they find other people like dating apps and things like that? Yeah, I do. This is something I have a lot of experience with. So (laughs) Um, 
for me, I, I, I'm kind of at that point in my life where maybe in my 20s, I wouldn't bring it up to somebody right away. I'd just be kind of like, oh, I'm just going to date this person and see how it goes. They're and then, cute, yeah. nice, and hot, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, bring it up later on or something like that. But now I'm just like, you know what? No, I, I know exactly what I want. So I'm going to bring it up right in the beginning. And actually on my dating profile, it just says, but um. I will say what it says because this is the wording is important. I would stay away from cuckolding. I would stay away from cock. Just don't even mention those words. There's just too much misinformation out there. And um, for me, all it says is I'm looking for a one-sided open relationship where you are faithful. I am not. And we both love it that way. And, (laughs) and, and, There you go. Yeah. (laughs) Just putting that out there. I don't find that um, there's a negative reaction to that. I don't find that people are weirded out by it. And to be honest, even on the vanilla sites, there's a lot of people who put in their profile that they are looking for a non-monogamous kind of or open relationship. This is not something that's weird anymore. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's pretty common. And so um, I don't feel like I I need to feel like embarrassed or ashamed of putting something like that on my my profile. But be careful with the wording itself. um, Because... I wouldn't, maybe you could put hashtag hot wife or something like that. Cause that's, you know, again, it's, it's a pretty soft term, but I would avoid like cuckolding altogether. Mm, that's good. I think everyone's going to rewind what you just said and say, what should I say on my profile again? <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Because that's good advice. I think the amount of misinformation out there about so many things, especially in the field of sexuality is immense. And that's why we have folks like you, Venus, in your, you've been in, in this world for uh, quite some time and seems like you have uh, it dialed. So thank you. And please tell us uh, and our listeners where we can find you and your podcast as well. And uh, all, all of your social handles, I would love to follow you. Sure. Uh, so I started blogging about six years ago. That's where it all began. And that's on venuscucklegist.com. And so there's a lot of stuff on there. If you're curious, you want to learn more, go there. There's a ton of stuff on there. And that's also where you can find my podcast is on venuscucklegist.com. My podcast is called the Venus Cuckledress Podcast. It's on pretty much all of the podcast platforms. Started it in January of last year and now I'm working full-time on it. Yay! Awesome. So, yeah. Super yeah, exciting. We'll have all this in the show notes too. People, if they're like, how do I spell cuckoldress? Just go yeah. to the show notes. It'll all be in there too. Yeah. Is your show all about cuckolding or are there other things that you cover? It's just cuckolding. Oh, so that's how much you could talk about it. <laughs> like we just barely scratched the surface. We only just gently scratch the surface. Yeah. So if you want more info about cuckolding, mm-hmm. and I love all the terms like cuckoldress mm-hmm. and uh, cucked. And uh, what else do we have? Cucking. And I mean, there are so many ways hot to wifing. dive into hot that. Wife. Hot wife. Oh, yeah, and hot wifing. And I am, I'm really stoked to actually have some knowledge around this. So she's, thank you. She's my hot industry wife within the sex <laughs> world. I like to hot wife. I got with her and watch her get attention from oh. other people. It's very attractive Thanks to me. So Especially that one time with your high heels by the fire. You know what oh, I'm talking wow. about. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, Venus, thank you. And for all of our listeners right now, whether you're cuckolding or not, maybe you love some wine. And right now is the time to go check out why Amy and I have loved 
Margins Wine. It is amazing. Boutique wine made in California by women, actually one woman who's magnificent. And they make really underrepresented varietals of, they take underrepresented varietals of grapes and take them and put them into bottles that you will love. So if you want to go to marginswine.com, there's only two releases a year. Check out why we love it. We're drinking it right now. I'm actually out. I love the Sangiovese. The Sangiovese. The Blanc. But there's always so many new ones every time she releases. She's brilliant. So if you want to save some money, you can. If you buy three bottles or more, you can save 10%. The codes are on our site. If you buy six or more bottles, you save 15%. Go and check it out, shamelesssex.com. And one last invitation to you all. We love you so much. If you love us too, you love what Venus is talking about, cuckolding, and you know that more people need to know about what we're doing, go to iTunes and give us a review. We read every single one, and we love you so much. Tell us that you love us too. All right, y'all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Ciao for now. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com.